Welcome to Stupid Not Stupid. I'm Matt, here with my man Jason, the co-host who you always want on your side when it's time to go to the mattresses. That's a damn fact. (laughs) (laughs) Proven time and time again. (laughs) Welcome back, Jason. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. At some point, I guess we should stop mentioning it, but we should just keep patting ourselves on on the back for consistency here. We're just humming along like every week, an episode a week. Shh, you're going to freaking jinx it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, speaking of consistency, what are you drinking? Uh, well, again, speaking of consistency, <laughs> nothing shocking at all. Uh, I'm finishing off yet another six pack of the the Raging Bitch, and uh, I believe, though I'm not positive, it was really dark in your house when I was pouring the bourbon. I think that this is Angel's ev- Envy, but Probably. I'm not sure. It, so it's bourbon from a glass decanter, so that makes it fancy. That's right, and I couldn't read what was on the bottom of the the label. Anyhow, um, so there will be something new next episode because we're out of this right. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm gonna be actually. I was gonna say I thought it was a first on the podcast, but I don't think it is a first because Doctor Newton did what I'm about to do. I'm drinking wine, Jason, and I the reason I'm drinking wine is because it's in honor of the official sponsor of this episode, the island of Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll get to the reason why that is the case later. But uh, the kind of wine I'm drinking. I only believe wine comes in three categories, red, white, and swirl. So I'm drinking red wine and uh, that's all I'm going to promo on it. So if you, to the red wine corporation out there somewhere, if you're looking to sponsor us, brought to you by the color red. Some vino would be Kino. <laughs> I want some wine. And by the way, $100 for anybody that can come up with the actor or the movie that that quote comes stupid from. Stupid, not stupid, 411 at gmail.com. Send it in. All right, I'm just going to have a little sip here. All right, I'm feeling good. So now that I'm feeling good, it's time to feel terrible, which means it's time for... Matt and Jason are stupid. You suck! So for anyone who's new to the show, this is the uh, section where we correct something uh, on the record that we said that was incorrect on the record last time around. Which, oddly enough, happens more frequently than you might you might guess. It's yeah. the only thing more consistent than our now weekly uh, episode release cadence. <laughs> um, so I don't think you've even heard the last episode. I, I have. And speaking of patting ourselves on the back, I'll say it was excellent. Yeah, I was uh, out of town all weekend, so I haven't had, I'll listen to it t- literally tonight after we're okay. done with this. Um, I, I had one slip up when we were talking about uh, – we, we were discussing the fact that I said Nevada was in a locked tidal basin – that's not possible. Uh, <laughs> a landlocked tidal basin. Uh, I meant a watershed. It's yes. it's locked out of a watershed. It doesn't exist in a landlocked tidal wow. basin. I feel like an idiot because I should have caught that live in real time. I caught it when I was editing the episode. And then again, when I just listened to it, just to like make sure it sounded good and everything, we put it up. And both times, I it was like nails on a chalkboard. So <laughs> congratulations, Nevada. You are not in a landlocked tidal zone, although that would be scientifically interesting. <laughs> That would actually make Nevada interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jason, let's talk about mattresses. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you were telling me recently you're thinking about purchasing a, a new mattress, right? 
I am. I have. I've had the same mattress for much longer than I want to admit. It has. It dates back to you know my days as a bartender. Uh, yeah. I don't think we need to have any more history on that mattress. No, no. Then. <laughs> and it predated me. Uh, like I inherited it from somebody else. So yeah, yeah. I am. I am finally realizing that it's time for me to be a grown-up individual and buy a new mattress. Well, yes. uh, that's an interesting data point you shared that you've had it for longer than you can remember. Um, because we're we're going to hit some data points here. There's some interesting statistics associated with the longevity of mattresses that I think that we're going to be discussing in this episode. But when it comes time to buy your mattress, Jason, where do you think you'll go? I genuinely don't have any idea. Like normally I'm all in on buying like used furniture or used electronics or uh, you know anything that cuts a little money cuz I you know I don't need anything fancy but there's something about a bed you know I said that I inherited the last mattress well that was a, that, that was kind of out of desperation not sure that that's something I want to do again at this <laughs> point in my life when I actually have a real job so I assume I will go to a store you'll go to a mattress store and you you will purchase a mattress that no one before you has has owned it'll be your mattress and you'll walk into a store uh, you'll be all fancy and, and you'll buy it, right? That's the hope. That's that, the wish. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's good to aim high. Well, uh, luckily, Jason, if you decided that you wanted to purchase your mattress from the ch- retail chain mattress firm, you would have a lot of options. Do you know how many mattress firms there are within a 10-mile radius of where we're sitting right now? I know the name of the place from like TV commercials, but I have I don't know that I've ever actually seen one. So I have no idea. Within 10 miles of this exact spot right. where we're sitting, and 10 miles isn't that far. You would barely be on the outskirts of DC. I was going to say, by the way, 10 miles from here is like the White House and the Capitol. Right. So. <laughs> there, are, there are five mattress firms within a 10-mile radius of us. That's what's called market saturation. Why? There's There's one less than a mile. So I think we, there are fewer Starbucks than well, that in this area. Oh, yeah. You would be correct. <laughs> you would be correct in that there are more mattress firms in the United States than there are Starbucks or McDonald's. I was I, I know that there are only like two McDonald's in our area. Yeah. <laughs> so there are there are more That's nuts. More just not even mattress stores, but the retailer mattress firm. There are five within a 10-mile radius. All right. I'm starting to see where this episode is going now. <laughs> so I don't want to take credit for this. This uh this idea that there must be something up with mattress firm and their just prolific nature uh, isn't isn't an original idea. It's it's not one that I came up with. It comes from Reddit user Crazy Potatoes. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna read Crazy Potatoes. I love that all of our our concepts come from Reddit user and it's never like Reddit user deep thought. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> PhD addict, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super um, genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, there are three subsequent posts, and then this Reddit user retired his account off the second edit. So he did one post and then had to edit it twice and then removed himself from Reddit or was disappeared. Uh, I'll let you be the judge as we dig through uh, <laughs> some of the uh, the odd connotations connected to the mattress firm retailers. But So uh, I think maybe at the end of this episode, we also posit what happened to <laughs> Reddit user Crazy Potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured he was living in Rag Reynolds' uh, basement. Uh, he, he relocated to Europe. Or he was an Australian citizen, yeah. which is kind of the oh, same that thing. that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Catch our, uh, catch our Australia Factor Fiction episode. But Crazy Potatoes uh, posted the following to Reddit. Quote, Mattress Firm is some sort of giant mon- money laundering scheme. There are, they are fucking everywhere and always empty. 
I remember seeing four mattress firms all on a corner of an intersection. There is no way there is such a demand for mattresses. Mattresses is spelled incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> the first edit, then Crazy Potatoes had to come back after after his 26,535 upvotes. That's how many votes this had on Reddit, which is a lot in case you were wondering. Yeah, I think that's more lis- more than we've had listens to all of our podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> the the first edit that he uh, he added here is, a few people seem confused. I'm talking about multiple of the same, all in caps, same mattress store, all in close proximity to each other, not different mattress companies. Like if there were four different companies all next to each other, I get that, but these are the same company. Take a look at this Google map of three mattress firms all within 500 feet of each other. And then he links to a, a Google map, uh, a, a Google map uh, hyperlink there. And you can just go, go, anyone can just, just type mattress firm into the Google right. maps tab on your browser and you'll see the same thing. Uh, and then the final edit before crazy potatoes uh, disappears. E- disappears from Reddit is edit to RIP inbox. That, that's all I wrote. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound like something that Crazy Potatoes wrote. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> or something he wrote under duress. Uh, and, and that's all we got from uh, from Crazy Potatoes. Well, so just I, I know you you know you actually do research for these things. Did you by any chance look and see how many other mattress sales retail companies there are? I know of Mattress Firm, but I, I'm sure that there are others. But I'm, Mattress Giant, Sleepies. Sleepies, I yeah, know. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. Uh, but guess, well, well, we'll get into this a little bit more, but uh, they don't actually exist anymore, Jason. Mattress Firm bought them all. Oh, It's okay. put them all out of business, taken them all over. Gotcha. So, so they also sleep with the fishes is what you're <laughs> telling me. <laughs> Um, so I guess let's just set the stage here and before we talk about data, let's talk about our feelings, which okay. are obviously, you know, more indicative of, uh, the truth. Yes. <laughs> they're the, they're the basis of what we determine to be stupid or not yes. stupid on the show. But, uh, thinking about what crazy potato said here, just think about it. Like the mattress firm that's right by us. When I started, when I learned about this theory, I kind of started, you know, paying attention to it and I realized, you know, there really isn't any activity at this mattress store. Right. I I actually did buy my mattress at the store. And when I went in, there was just one salesperson and no other customers. And I remember thinking the sales guy was like, just like a really weird dude and really strange. And when you go down the rabbit hole on on Crazy Potatoes uh, Reddit post, you get all of these anecdotes, all of these stories of people who, who share similar sort of experiences where they went into mattress firm to purchase a mattress. And it was like, they weren't really that interested in selling you a mattress. Uh, and a lot of folks shared stories like they asked, did I have an appointment? Like obviously some sort of mob code word or something, right? <laughs> or uh, trying to upsell them some crappy mattress. And then when you say, no, that's out of my price range, offering them some kind of like pillow top masterpiece for like 50 bucks more, right. like just trying to move some kind of inventory. And there was just the same stories over and over and over again. So as I'm reading through all these stories, as I often do with a lot, a lot of the topics that we cover on the show, I started bouncing them off uh, folks in my office. And one person who, you know, out of, uh, I guess, fear for their safety and right. uh, to protect their identity um, and to keep them in anonymity from the higher powers at the mattress firm conglomerate, we we won't say who it was on my team. I guess that narrows it down to about eight humans. Um, <laughs> so, so Sorry, guys, if you all start disappearing one by one. But he, he told me this story about... He, oh, he. Now yeah, we've oh, narrowed it much further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he told me this story about his his dad used to work at Mattress Firm, but on the delivery side. 
And one day he went out and was doing like deliveries with him or was like in the truck or something. And they had to pull up somewhere. And when Mattress Firm delivers you a mattress, they'll also take away your old mattress for free. Right. Well, those mattresses, I guess, these guys had a racket going where they were taking them back to the store, like cleaning them up and then selling them as new out of the store and then pocketing the cash. <laughs> and so this guy's dad was going to like pick up a wad of cash from like the delivery crew, like all part of this mattress firm racket they were running. And there were stories like that all through the Reddit thread and everything too. So there's all the, there's like this universe of just like shady stuff that seems so to be happening around mattress firm. Th this person who works in your office, their, you know, their, their father was talking about importing mattresses to mattress firm and then exporting something else. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that in the, in the theory section. So all of that is to say, I just want to establish this kind of like weird baseline. There's something weird going on with mattress firm. Yeah. I'm not sure that I'm, I'm all X-Files on this, but I, right. I agree with you. Uh, it doesn't seem like a market that is sustainable to uphold that many firms, yep. right? Like you're not selling more mattresses than McDonald's is selling hamburgers. Exactly. Why do you have so many more facilities? Yep. Right. Exactly. So let's get to the data. So there are more mattress stores in the United States than McDonald's or Starbucks. A majority of those mattress stores are mattress firms. So wow. yeah, th that's crazy. And then you think about that from a real estate perspective, right? This is actually, we're going to get real tangential now. Did you know that most of McDonald's wealth oh, is yeah. in real estate? McDonald's is the largest landholder in yeah, the United yeah. States. No, which that's I find. basically what their their market is. Like right. that's, that's how they profit is off of real estate. It's a, hamburgers are tertiary to their yeah. business model. So now, but think about the value of real estate and what it mean? What kind of profit margins you'd have to be generating to make some of these mattress stores viable? So, in well, that's the other thing. They're all in strip malls, and just the square footage alone to house mm -hmm. the inventory is right. insane. So, when I think about then, if you had to have some sort of product you were selling that that has the kind of markups and the kind of demand that would support having a large number of locations and like a a dense area in close proximity to each other, what immediately comes to mind for me is electronics. Right. So I think about Best Buy in Manhattan. I went and looked this up because I wanted to do like an apples to apples on the island of Manhattan. There are six Best Buys. There are wow. 33 mattress firms. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and is there a place on earth that has more expensive real estate than Manhattan, like per square foot? No. Best Buy. Best <laughs> like Buy Silicon looked at the market. Valley, maybe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best Buy looked at the market and said, and eh, let's do six. Mattress firm said, let's do 33. That's insane. It's crazy, right? So there, there's something there's something going on here. Uh, and you know, Best Buys are big stores, but mattress firms are like equal in size. Like you can land planes in both of those those right. stores, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And they're the same store. It's not like you can get different mattresses at like a different kind of store. So you need no. to like specialize and have different branches. Uh, just pulling more on the data thread, 42.6 of all mattress firms are within one mile of another mattress firm. 42.6%. Almost of half of all mat. I guess when you get to half, I guess you have to say they all would be. So that's why it had to be less than half. But yeah, 42.6% of mattress firms are within one mile of another mattress firm. Not just another mattress store, but another mattress firm. It's the old Lewis Black routine where- you know, I walked out of a mattress firm and there across the street, I saw another mattress exactly. firm, right? <laughs> exactly. So you look at the the sheer number of mattress firms that uh, are existing in the United States. And now think about, to your point that you raised earlier, the average American only buys a new mattress every seven to 10 years. 
Yeah. How is this a viable, like, how is this business surviving? And you say the average American, but the fact of the matter is it's not, you know, with 350 million Americans, it's not like each American is buying a mattress. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) So you cut that, you know, you cut the kids out, you know, the the parents are probably buying mattresses and, you know, couples are buying mattresses for themselves. But again, seven to 10 years, this is, the math is not adding up to me. Yeah, so think about the seven to to 10 years, but- now think about the the growing e-commerce trend that we're seeing. So the the mattress oh, yeah. in my master bedroom, I got a mattress firm, but that was kind of like pre where it would occur to someone to try to buy a mattress online. There are four other mattresses in my house besides that one. I bought them all online. Right. Well, and I come from, you know, sort of an academic background, so most of my furniture ex- buying experience and most of my, you know, the folks that I knew, it was all IKEA. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it not only does it, even if you looked at it pre-e-commerce, does the mattress firm business model not seem to add up, but think about kind of where we are and the the trend of being able to buy these things online. It doesn't even, doesn't seem sustainable. Like someone smart who works at mattress firm, if they were a real business and a serious business person would look at this and say, we got to get out of brick and mortar or do something else well, with this yeah, real estate. To be honest, like you, know, you were asking me at the very beginning of this episode where I was going to go to buy a mattress. And I said a store jokingly, the first thing I I will do is jump online. Right, right? exactly. And look around. And if the best deal is at a store, I'll go to it. But that's the the downfall of brick and mortar is if you have to pay rent on that place, it's very difficult to compete with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Utilities, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at the, the economics of selling mattresses then and see if there's an innocent explanation for this. So there's all this weird shit going on. Like my spider senses are up. What's going on with yeah, mattress firm? The math does not add up. Yeah. Yes. So let's let's look at the economics of selling mattresses. The markup on a mattress is anywhere between 100 and 200%. Oh, that's much lower than I would have guessed. Yeah. So I worked at a picture framing shop mm-hmm. in undergraduate. That's, that, yeah. If I was going to launder money, <laughs> I wish I would have thought picture framing is where yeah. I would go. It's crazy. A low markup is about 400%. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So, but if you look at that markup of 100 to 200%, uh, you still, you would need to sell approximately 100 mattresses a month to remain as a viable business, just as a branch, not as a company, but like one branch would have to sell 100 mattresses a month. So that's three and a half mattresses a day per month. Per month. Yeah. And so, and then you think about the proximity of all those stores together. So they're competing against each other. Like this, when uh, Crazy Potatoes got started on this, it was because there was an intersection and all four corners had a mattress firm. Within, you know, 10 miles of where we're sitting right now, there are five mattress firms. And then you add back in this idea that Americans only purchase them every seven to 10 years. The math just doesn't add up. So going back to the McDonald's model, you know, McDonald's, as you said, was a, a real estate company that just franchises everything to individual owners. Is that what's going on with the mattress firms? Like, are they just all owned by individual owners and mattress firm itself is basically a real estate agent? No. So what appears to have happened here is mattress firm was one of several mattress retailers that existed and then started pushing them out of business, basically buying them out and taking over their real their real estate and just turning a Sleepies or a mattress giant into a mattress firm, not caring that it was across the street or overlapped in market or competed with their existing stores. They just turned everything they took over into a mattress firm. So, I mean, was this was this just market consolidation? Like why and where did they have the capital to do this where the where the Sleepies didn't? Like what was 
what was happening with Mattress Firm that gave them the edge to start the, eating everybody else alive? So uh, this is the thing. I think I don't think that brick and mortar mattress stores are a viable business option. <laughs> no, I agree. In, but in they, the twenty first century, but and they so clearly went all in on this, right? But right. because they and but the reason I think they were able to acquire this property is because they gave other mattress retailers an out. Like if I had a failing oh. business. And I could see the writing on the wall. And then someone came and offered me a pile of money for my failing business. I would say, thanks for the golden parachute. See you later. Yeah, but that seems like in poker, holding like a two of spades and the instruction card and going all in. <laughs> right. Like, right. But then, but then it would be the equivalent of getting offered like insurance at the blackjack table. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll take it. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, I see that's where you're essentially going. what sure. Mattress Firm did to their competitor. So Mattress Firm goes on this buying spree. And buys up all the competition, but it appears to be timed pretty poorly. Like I said, when they did this, um, it's kind of in the 2015, 2016 window when e-commerce really starts rolling and you start to see big ticket items that are, you know, can easily be and quickly be purchased online and easily also returned. Um, and I'd say mattresses, mattresses were probably one of the last things that you would kind of see moved into an e-commerce space that people would feel comfortable with. So, yeah. well, I mean you can't donate a mattress or any kind of bedding to Goodwill or Salvation right. Army, right? Like they just don't take them. Yep. So yep. yeah, it, it's it's a difficult product to move once it has been sold the first time. There's not like a used car lot for right. mattresses, right? Well, uh, Craigslist, but- Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I, and actually that might be more respectable than the used car market, but- <laughs> So it seems like bad timing for Mattress Firm. So that that's the first piece of the economic side of this. But then you also have to think about the economic side of how do the people, if there really is anyone who actually is a Mattress Firm employee, how do the people who <laughs> work there make money? So an, another reoccurring theme in some of the stories that I read online, and then it occurred to me, like this happened to me too when I went in to, to buy a mattress is the bargaining component of it. Right. So there's this huge markup on mattresses. And if you read the stories that folks put on Crazy Potatoes, Reddit thread, a lot of people who worked at mattress stores and sold mattresses would tell you there is a 200% markup on the mattresses. There's a set number that the store, the company says it's going to make on selling the mattress. And the rest of that margin is commission. So you can negotiate all you want, but you're only cutting in to your own profits. So there's this fungibility in the amount of money that's like moving through the door. It's this really unique product where you have this kind of untangible flexibility in the purchase price of a commodity. No, I, when you first mentioned uh, early in this conversation, you were talking about somebody who had walked into a mattress store. And I think even you had said that the salespeople were sort of standoffish and were not right. really interested in helping and then wanted to upsell it. Like the first thought that I had was, oh, these are used car salesmen, but they're used car salesmen who have a different bet. Like they're not desperate to make right. their 5% commission. They're trying to upsell you even further because their commission is, every not, dollar they is get, not a percentage. Yeah. Every right. dollar they get over the baseline is theirs. Right. 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 That's the incentive to hate so your life and work at a mattress store. Of like, if you walk in, I don't care if I sell you a mattress at at the cost because I don't make anything. Right. So if there's no incentive for me to sell you that, if I can upsell you where I make a, an actual profit, then we'll do it. Otherwise, I don't care if you buy a mattress or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I, I guess this, that's the other piece of the economics of this that I think is worth kind of getting on the record before we get to some of the, the, the documented shady things that have gone on with Mattress Firm is this just the fungibility in the profit margin part of this. So you're kind of starting to feel like, okay, is, this is almost like an ideal money laundering business. And this is the direction I think that Crazy Potatoes is going here. Sure. That's... Uh- I get it. It makes it, he he or she is not wrong. Like when you have that much of of flexibility in the price, there it doesn't seem like there are a lot of controls on price. So to give you an example, today I was at an airport bar and I couldn't order a beer from the bartender. I had to use a QR code, order it from the kitchen. It came through the computer. And that was the only way I could get the bartender to serve me a beer. That's complete control of right. inventory. That is not what's happening at Madison's Farm. No, Firms, it's the opposite. Right? <laughs> right. So let's get to the drama now. So this is the next the next section I want to jump into. So around the time that Mattress Firm goes on this buying spree, buying up all the competition, a company named Steigenhauf, which is the it's a South African based furniture company. Second in the world only to Ikea. I've never heard of it, but apparently like an- <laughs> When you said Steigenhauf and then used the word Africa, I was like, it has to be South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely like the the founding of, the founding father of the company was an escaped Nazi. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so they buy Mattress Firm at around the time they're going on this buying spree in the US uh, for $3.9 billion, which is double- the market rate assessed value on the stock exchange That's, of Mattress Firm. Again, like who the hell is footing the bill for this investment? Right. Yeah. Anyways, so, go so, ahead. So Keep why? Going. There is no like <laughs> practical reason here. This no. is this is the whole this is the, the basis of the whole thing. This so, is counter to anyone who has taken economics 101. It's counter to everyone who has an MBA. Like right. yeah, this is completely out of control. So, something's going on. Yeah. Now unfortunately for Steigenhauf, uh they they purchased it right around the same time that Crazy Potatoes posts his Reddit thread. And Crazy Potatoes thread explodes. Right. You can't If you just type in uh, mattress firm, uh, money laundering conspiracy, like it's like 50 Google tabs deep. Like there's so many articles <laughs> on this. NPR did a story on it. Right. Like there's yeah. everything. So we're raking over old coals is what you're telling. Right. Me. Yeah. But yeah. so the, the problem is whatever Steigenhauf may have been interested in or whatever the intrinsic value of mattress firm that likely appears to be illegal that was there that made it worth $3.9 billion, Crazy Potatoes deflated that balloon real quick. Really? Yeah. because shit. (laughs) Because right after the threat explodes, Mattress Firm starts to close locations. In fact, they closed over 600 in the year after uh, the the acquisition by Steigenhoff and Crazy Potatoes. 600 out of how many? Out of, uh, at that point, uh, it was like 35,000, but now they're down to 12. 12,000. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mattress firms are still everywhere, but have been closing like crazy. Okay. So I want to make sure that this isn't yet another uh, causation without correlation situation, but that's fascinating. (laughs) So speaking of causation without correlation, uh, Crazy Potatoes may have really upset the ship here because all this attention caused an, an independent auditor in South Africa to look into Stagenhaus finances. <laughs> and it, it, Stagenhoff, as a result of that report, ended up getting caught up in the largest fraud case in South African history and were revealed to have $7.4 billion in fraudulent funds 
on their books. And just it for, almost crashed the South African stock exchange. I was going to say, for just one second, let's step back and revisit what the phrase that you just said, the largest fraud in South African history. <laughs> Quite a bar, right? <laughs> it's a huge bar. Like, right. I don't mean to dump on South Africa. It's a country that I have a lot of high hopes for, but Jesus. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, it literally almost crashed the South African stock exchange. That's wow. how That's how destabilizing it was to their economy that this retailer had $7.4 billion in fraudulent funds on their books. So I'm astonished by this story, and I'm astonished that I never heard this. That's every good cover-up. So what what does every good cover-up have, Jason? One, a cover-up. Yeah. Right? And two, a fall guy. Right. So enter the fall guy. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, there's real money on the line, right? Yeah, this is- This this goes to the top. We've we've got to find a way to do damage control. Again, I mentioned earlier, you know, that I came from an academic background, and you and I've joked a lot about the idea that you know the fights are so brutal because the stakes are so low. <laughs> These are real stakes. Real stakes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, what are their names here? Let me see. Bruce Levy, Ryan Vinson, and Alexander Deitch. They were all executives or associates at Mattress Firm, and essentially the finger gets pointed at these guys. And they're basically accused by the company of taking kickbacks from from real estate vendors or real estate agents, basically for overpaying for the real estate in the in the locations that Mattress Firm bought out okay. and uh, took over. Where were these guys in the firm? Like, what were their jobs? So, in-house real estate executives and a former broker. So, one broker and two in-house real estate executives. Okay. So, basically, what we're saying is that upper management didn't go to the mattresses for these guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, these guys contend that everything they did was at the direction of upper management. So this all got caught up in uh, in a lawsuit that I I, I think is ongoing, but the executive, like the real executive management, not the real estate executive management at Mattress Firm, uh, said that these guys were rogue actors that worked on their own to inflate real estate costs so the company would pay a higher sales price or a higher purchasing price, and then they would get kickbacks from uh, the property, the, the real estate holders, which included straight up bribes for a four bedroom waterfront home in Summerland Key, Florida, uh, $1.6 million in co-investment for a Cravel fishing boat. I don't know what that is, but they basically list all these things that these guys supposedly got. Um, they say that these were basically um, incentives bonuses. or bonuses. Yeah, yeah bas- basically um, commissions, like bonus commissions for getting the deals done and that the executives at Mattress Firm knew all about it. But Mattress Firm is saying, these guys are the architects of these terrible real estate deals and all of these fraudulent funds that our new parent company is having to deal with are connected to these four dudes who are the masterminds of this global conspiracy. Maybe it's just me. I don't study the business world at a really high level, but I pay a lot of attention to it. The term rogue investor, I think, died of... In the, the credibility of the term rogue investor died after 2008, right. in my opinion. Uh, the, the fact that you could cl- crash a global economy and have three people arrested does not pass the giggle test. Yeah. And they, I, this sort of strikes me as the same kind of shit. I, yeah. Like you're <laughs> telling me that buying up all your competition wasn't the central theme and focus of your corporate leadership right. at Mattress Firm. When money Firm. was showering into the company from this. Yeah. 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 But it was just these guys off on their own. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's everything I have on what we know and kind of creates the aura of suspicion around this. We have all these questions in terms of the number of mattress firms, 
the weird stories about people that go in there, the, the, the metrics on like, how would this even work? How many mattresses would you have to be selling to have this be a viable business? (laughs) And I find that that's what I find fascinating about this story is like at the root, it comes down to 3.5 mattresses per location per month, right? And that's the thing that- It's like insurmountable, right? Right. So that's the question that we come down to. And that's what I find fascinating about all all of this is it comes down to the the equation of each of these locations selling 3.5 mattresses per day. Across the street from one another. Right. Yeah. With all of these locations, that doesn't add up. No. So that's what that brings us to the stupid, not stupid question then, Jason. If it doesn't add up, stupid or not stupid, mattress firm is just really bad at business (laughs) or stupid or not stupid, mattress firm is up to something. There's more here than meets the eye. There's something that's going on. So when I started to ask myself this question and try to decide which side of this I came down on and if I thought this was just a really cool Reddit thread or there may actually be something going on, the first thing I thought about was the show Breaking Bad. Have you, have, <laughs> have you, have you seen Breaking Bad? I don't, we've never even talked about this. Have you watched it? I, I have seen various episodes. So my very first introduction to Breaking Bad, because I was waiting until I could watch the whole series, mm-hmm. the very first episode, I was out in California with a buddy of mine and it was the last episode. And he was like, oh, hey, man, shoot. sit down and watch this. And I was like, God damn it. That's messed up. <laughs> that, that goes back to me, though. The only Marvel movie I've seen is uh, Endgame Part right. 2. Right. And you don't feel any need to watch the rest of them. No. Right? And I did that on purpose. No one had to trick me into it. Well, the, the reason I thought of Breaking Bad is one of the cool subplots of Breaking Bad that they try to figure out is like, how are we going to launder all the money for all the meth that we're selling? Right. So he does it through a car wash. Like they basically just like <laughs> ring up an extra car wash every time one comes through and there's no one there like counting how many cars come through. Well, this is why bars and restaurants are usual la- money laundering venues is it's really easy to just add, you know, 20, 30% of costs every day. Right. It's, it's really simple. So then I thought about like, okay, could you do something similar with mattresses? And I was like, Yeah. You you probably could. So probably at a much higher rate. Right. And so <laughs> be, because mattresses like we already talked about in the in kind of the data piece here, because mattresses already have a really high margin, they have a fungible sort of delta on that margin. So there's no set amount like every time you sell a mattress, this is the amount of profit that you make because it's connected to this commission. So the amount of cash that's coming in and out of the door isn't a set or predictable thing. It's on a case by case basis. And also, the, the other thing I thought about is price on a mattress is subjective. So yeah. right now, if you and I went to like a car dealership and I was like, Jason, I need to buy a new car. Come help me out. You could look at a car on the lot and say, Matt, this is this car is the most expensive. Then this one is the next expensive. This is the next best car. Or basically any other commodity, we could go and say like, okay, this is this tier of quality and move down. I don't really know anyone who could walk into a mattress store and say, this is the premium mattress. Like it would have to be explained to me when they say like double coil, cooling foam, sweat absorber. That means nothing to me. I have no background or expertise. And I don't know anyone who does that could actually understand what are the attributes of a mattress that make it more valuable. Well, and that's an interesting question. Like I, I just said that I'd you know, was out of town for the weekend. I was staying with my folks and I slept in a mattress that's a really expensive, expensive, like, I don't want to name the brand, but it, it's a mattress that like goes up and down and has all the bells and yeah, whistles. We, we have and, enough cease and desist orders on right, the podcast exactly. already. We don't need to, we don't need to piss off uh, Tempur-Pedic. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I I found that mattress to be miserable for me. And it's probably because I've been sleeping on this dilapidated, horrible, <laughs> destroyed mattress that's like 35 years old. But it actually hurt me to sleep on that mattress. So I don't see why I would, you know, that mattress is of zero value to me, but it's one of the highest priced mattresses on the market. So yeah, it's kind of like cars. It should be person to person. And yet, as you said, it's tiered. But there's no like Kelly Blue Book for mattresses. Like there's a little bit of subjectivity in cars, I guess, but there's like an accepted market rate range for vehicles. Right. It doesn't exist for oh, mattresses. At all. No, you're exactly right. Okay. So I, to me, that it's hard. I'm having a hard time besides picture frames, I guess. I'm right. having a hard time. I was time, about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a hard time imagining what a better medium for cooking books could be than selling mattresses. Like it's it's really starting to come together. Because experts don't know how to value them. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you don't use QR codes to buy them. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I start thinking to myself, all right, so if we're cooking books, what do you cook books for? I mean, there could be a lot of things, but the obvious contender is, going back to Breaking Bad, drugs. Sure. Right? If you've got to clean drug money, you got to you got to find a way to move it through a legitimate business. And what's more boring and innocuous until Crazy Potatoes comes on the scene than a mattress store? Right. It is the perfect front for trying to launder or move money. And then you start to look at the map and you try to see where are the hot spots for these uh for for mattress firm concentration. And lo and behold, do you know which state in our union has the greatest number of mattress firms? <laughs> This is, I'm sort of ashamed at my answer because this is so stereotypical, but I'm going to reach out and say New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize uh, to our listeners from the Garden State. Jason didn't mean it. Uh, And I do not apologize to our listeners from Tejas. It's Texas, right on the border. Right on the border. So if you were going to start I was thinking money laundering in terms of mafioso, which is typically, we've been talking about like Breaking Bad and we've been, well- Breaking Bad was more drugs, but I was thinking like uh, 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 casinos and gambling, Goodfellas and Sopranos. Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. If if drugs is what you're trying to launder money, then yeah, somewhere along the border, so it'd along be Texas the border, or California. So if you were or- going to pilot this idea, if you were going to try it out, you know, crawl, walk, run, you'd start in Texas. And if you were going to heat map it out and kind of reverse engineer, all right, how did this get going? You would trace it back like you have your map on the wall and the red strings going everywhere and you have your beautiful mind moment trying to find patient zero the place where it would probably start would be texas it has the geographic proximity to the place where drugs are moving although counter to your point i will say that if i had to live in texas i would try to spend as much of my life asleep as possible Um, so look, none, none of that, none of that is hard evidence, right? But it, it's just at what point does circle circumstantial evidence become so overwhelming that you're like, there's got to be something going on here. Well, there clearly is something going on here. I'm just not convinced that money laundering is the obvious answer. Okay. Well, I can't come up with another suggestion yet. But I'm will you know, keep feeding me <laughs> like I'm a baby <laughs> well, the, bird. The, the, yeah. the only thing I have left to feed you is is pretty much just uh, just stereotypes. I don't know if these are more ironic and humorous than they are uh, definitive in terms of answering the stupid not stupid question. But you know what's an age old what's an age old cliche? Stuffing a mattress full of cash, right? And moving. Yeah. Where do you hide <laughs> your money, Jason? In or under your mattress? Like 
I always sleep better on $300,000 and $1 bills. Like that's, that's what I stuff my mattress with personally. Last time I did it, it was a really nice, nice sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, then there's obviously the, the connotation of like going to the mattresses, right? right? So we have this connection already, whether it, you know, only really be a, a popular culture kind of thing, or this is a legit thing that uh, folks in organized crime do when they get a lockdown, they go buy out the local mattress store and everyone moves into one location <laughs> and uh, well, sleep, sleeps on the, the procured uh, former laundering mechanisms. The term going to, to the mattresses though, is it's an extension of the term going to the mats, which is a boxing or wrestling term. Mm -hmm. What they mean is we'll f like- that's that's a point at which we will fight. The, the whole point of organized crime was to not get into fights. You, everybody had their territory and they did their thing and everybody kept the peace and that's what the dons were for, right? And the only time you would go to go to the mats is if somebody was encroaching to the point that it was dangerous for you or you thought that you could actually take them out. And the idea of, oh, man, that's a guy that the don will go to the mattresses for. That, that, that's what it meant was – that's somebody that the whole group will stand up for and go to fight for. This puts it in a very different light. <laughs> Maybe at some point, you know, somebody was taking, you know, lines from the Godfather and went, mattresses, you know, that's a pretty good place to launder some money. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're explaining the, the practical and probably real world uh, application of the phrase, go to the mattresses. I'm taking mine straight from Godfather part one, where they literally get a bunch of mattresses and all move into the house together. So, uh, <laughs> But your point of someone looking at it and saying- Well, that's, they had gone to the mattresses yeah. over- the, That's yeah. how Sonny yeah, yeah. gets killed, right? They that's go right. to the mattresses, yeah. but then Sonny- Because Sunny, he, he left he the compound. He left the house. That's he, right. He, he left his mattress. <laughs> um, but I think you just you just nailed it, Jason. So this is what this is my theory. This, okay. is my, this is my culmination here, my final theory. This is what I think happened. Maybe it's through coordination and several um, elements of organized crime got together- um, and decided to collaborate and do this together, or maybe it's just one really smart entrepreneurial criminal or criminal network. But I don't believe Mattress Firm as a company started out as a front or a mechanism for money laundering. What I believed happened is uh, some sort of criminal element figured out what we just discussed and looked at it and said, yes, mattresses, boring, innocuous, high margins, easy to move cash, and decided to to take it over. And the fact that Steigenhauf already had, you know, was already cooking its books and had some con connotation or connection to criminal elements. I don't think Steigenhauf came in and dropped 3.9 million, you know, with one week of due diligence and back work. I think they were probably working this through subsidiaries or agents or whatever network they had established to get Mattress Firm in the place they needed it to be to leverage it to move and launder their dirty money wherever that dirty money came from. <laughs> so I don't believe Mattress Firm is inherently evil. Maybe we shouldn't call it the Mattress Firm conspiracy, but maybe the Steigenhauf sure. conspiracy. I believe that they are a, a victim of market forces and criminal elements, and they were being used to do something nefarious, answering the stupid or not stupid question on whether that something else is going on here, uh, and then Crazy Potatoes exposed it, and shut the whole thing down. R.I.P. Crazy <laughs> Potatoes. So I actually have a separate theory on this that is far more nefarious, but actually pretty legal. And it's boring. Awful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but this is the way that the world works these, these days. I suspect that what happened was somebody 
somebody within the the mattress firm conglomerate started the family, trying, Jason, the family, family <laughs> uh, started trying to buy up all the competition without understanding what the market dynamics were and got themselves into financial trouble. And that's when the private equity firms flowed in. But private I, equity firms would pay less for it then, not a hundred percent markup, not double. Oh no, they'd pay whatever it took if there was enough equity in the company that they could sell it off and like they just looked at it and be like, if if we sell three mattresses a day. <laughs> no, no, no. You said that at its peak there were you know how many mattress firms, and now all of a sudden there are like less than a quarter of what right. there were. That to me indicates that there were tremendous opportunities for somebody to come in, pump the company full of cash from you know bank loans with you know high interest rates, then renege on all of that and walk away with contractual money as a as a private equity firm, uh, laying off people left and right. You've seen this in dozens of fields. You see this now with private equity firms buying up houses individual houses across the United States, turning them into rental properties and then just eking out as much money as they possibly can while they drive up rents. This is It's vulture capitalism. And I suspect that that's actually what's going on with market firm. I, I love the mob idea. Like I, I, I almost, in a dark way, kind of support the mob idea. <laughs> <laughs> if it's just money laundering, like I'm not a fan of you know drug money or any of the, but the romantic idea of the mob actually using mattresses, mattress firms <laughs> <laughs> to launder money is somehow actually less distasteful to me than the idea that than it's the just private capital equity. side of yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, then. Does that qualify? Then does it matter if it's the mob or venture capital? Does that meet the threshold of there's something else going on besides the fact that we're just selling mattresses? Like stupid or not stupid, mattress firm is doing more than just selling mattresses. I hate to base anything on anecdotal evidence, but it's anecdotal evidence between you, me, and everyone I know over you know, well, it's 30 years. It's practical evidence. Like the like, math is there. None of those places are selling three and a half mattresses a day. Right. They're just not. <laughs> there was there was one other user who like did the math on, okay, if there were three, if they were selling three and a half a day, you'd need this many employees and like this many cars would be in the parking lot and all these things. Yeah. And other people have gone and sat outside mattress firms. This is what I'm saying. And counted the, the no one comes in. Like people come in to use the bathroom, deliver pizza to the people who are working there. Like customers don't come in. There was all these stories on the Reddit threads. Like, yeah, I, I guess a lot of people were <laughs> didn't have a lot to do. They went and sat outside mattress firms and counted. They, just, they didn't even need to bring a clicker because <laughs> no one came through. Right. There, there was no foot traffic. So there's got to be something to this. Whatever is happening, the mattress firms are not making a profit at selling mattresses. I don't know. You know we've posited some theories, but yeah, the idea that mattress firm is a front for something is not stupid. Not stupid. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad we were, we agreed, Jason. I thought we were going to have to sleep on it. <laughs> God damn it. Yep. And uh, because that was a pun, that means it's the end of the episode. Until next time. No more discussion.
one message I want Salazar. Not at all our war. We go to the Some back. of the other families won't sit still. They, 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 they,